This is the Tom Bernard Show. Filling in for Tom Bernard, I'm Dave Schrader, along with... JB. Melissa Kirk. Andy Bernard. Cassie Schrader. Special guest Ryan Singer when we return right here on the Tom Bernard Show. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Tell us about this warranty for life thing. I, you, know, you know, you understand a lot more about this than I do. Well, of course. I know you're not an automotive mechanic. So let me tell you a cool story. This just happened a couple of days ago. I got an email. Somebody emailed me at Doug at Walzer.com, and he goes, Hey, I bought a 2005, and I think it was a Honda Accord, back in 2014, having some problems with the engine. Uh, do I have any coverage? So... I called the Honda store, we looked it up, and sure enough, the card qualified for a lifetime powertrain warranty. So it had to be under 60,000 miles at the time of purchase, a uh, non-highline vehicle. And they covered the engine repair. Think about what that means. That's a 13-year-old car, and the guy got his engine replaced. It doesn't cover every single thing on the car, but all the, it's like major medical coverage. So the engine goes bad, transmission, four-wheel drive system. You're covered as long as you own the car, as long as you maintain it to factory standards. It's pretty cool. It actually is really cool. Well, I mean, it's a lot cooler than you or me. Well, it is really cool, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, 15-year-old car. And that's why I buy all my cars, and my family buys all their cars from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com, because of warranty for life. And you like working with me, too, right, Tommy? Tommy? Tom? I, I don't think he's there. <laughs> That's really nice. Very professionally <laughs> delivered from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. That works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. We're back. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Tom will be back with you guys on Monday sitting in. I'm Dave Schrader from Beyond the Darkness, the best in paranormal talk radio. You can check me out this weekend on Saturday and Sunday on darknessradio.com. Joining us this hour, uh, we've got Ryan Singer. He is the creator and host of one of the top science and medicine podcasts on iTunes, Me and Paranormal You. It's a twice-weekly mind cast in which he has in-depth interviews with people who possess paranormal abilities or have you know, had kind of like extraordinary experiences. He was also selected by L.A. Weekly as one of the top ten L.A. comics to watch and uh, was mentioned in New York Magazine as a comic to watch and uh, was also one of the four finalists in the original CMT's Next Big Comic Contest. He's here with us this evening uh, slumming a little bit. Thanks a lot for coming in, Ryan. Hey, uh, Pleasure. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's great to uh, great to visit with you. I thought we'd bring you over and, and spend a little time chit-chatting over on uh, the Tom Bernard Show. You've got a brand new album out, by the way, and I love that you're doing this. You, you've made it available uh, free to the public. How, how do people find this, and where can they get more information? Uh, it's The album's called Free Love, and it's over on my website, ryansingercomedy.com. It's a free download. You can either do Dropbox or like a Google Drive download from there. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted, I figured it's my fourth album. I wanted everybody who wanted it to be able to have it, and I didn't want money to get in the way. So uh, anybody who wants that album, it, you know, it, as per the title, uh, it's free love from me to you. So, uh, 
yeah, hopefully everybody will go over there and download it and, and enjoy it as well. We'll put up links on the show and on the social media pages as well so people can find the free download and, and check out the show. Uh, have you always been based out of, out of L.A.? Um, actually, I started in the Midwest. I started uh, my comedy career in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, you know, the birthplace of uh, aviation. And, uh, you know, when I was younger, I used to be like, uh, oh, it's the birthplace of aviation and Ryan Singer. Like, I mean, I was a little <laughs> bit of an egomaniac as a kid. <laughs> like, those two things likely will never be on the same level. Uh, you know, like, one thing changed the world as we know it. And now I'm just kind of like traveling around the country telling jokes about my private parts uh, in, you know, in space. But, um, but yeah, I started out in Dayton. And, uh, you know, kind of branched out from there for a while. And then about seven, a little over seven years ago, moved out to the West Coast as per needed for, uh, you know, a career in stand-up comedy. Was that a pretty big culture shock? I mean, to go from uh, the bustling uh, metropolis that is Dayton to uh, Los Angeles? (laughs) Yeah, it definitely was. Um, Luckily, I had done it about five times before. Uh, just because when I was younger, I was much more of a kind of a maniac character. And so I would move out to L.A. for like three months and I would just have like a really good time. But, I, but under the like the auspice of like, oh, I'm out here for my career, you know, but then I would just pretty much party and then I'd run out of money and I'd move back to Ohio, re-enroll in college, get some government loans uh, and then drop out of college, take that extra money from the government loans go party for a few months and then you know i just kind of did that back and forth (laughs) then eventually i realized you know what i'm getting older maybe it's time to grow up a little bit as well and uh eventually did that but like yeah it it definitely is i mean in dayton ohio it wasn't until i first left dayton ohio that i realized that primer was not a color of car like that you would get at the uh (laughs) like at the dealership i thought primer was like one of the coats uh selections you would get but, uh, yeah, so it definitely was uh, a, a bit of a culture shock. Uh, and also, everybody didn't look like me, which is, uh, you know, great as well. Like, that's the best thing about L.A. for me is there's, you know, every every type of person you've ever even heard of or could imagine or we know about now because the Internet. I mean, obviously, the world is connected. But Dayton didn't really have a diversity that, that I was looking for, not to mention no snow. I mean, I know up uh, – I know you guys are dealing with it, but, like, I, I remember when I was like eight years old, I was scraping the ice off my dad's windshield, and I, I made a promise to myself. As soon as I was old enough to get out of there, that I was is funny. gone. We, and, we uh, just had uh, Josh yeah. Wolf in studio, and literally his first story was, I remember when I was a kid, and I was scraping my dad's window, and I remember telling him, this is the last time I'm ever scraping a window, and he moved from Massachusetts <laughs> to Texas or something to, to get away from it. So it's funny that yeah. you both share that. That commonality. Obviously, that's why I'll never be good at yeah. stand-up, because I don't mind scraping windows. Damn it! So yeah. close. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess idiot minds think alike. What You know what I, I think is yeah. cool for, for a lot of the listeners? Um, the new album is is interesting in a lot of ways. First of all, it's a free comedy album, and who doesn't love that? But second of all, that you tackle some paranormal topics in this and that's I, I don't you know from an occasional aside or comedic joke like eddie murphy i think it was in raw right where he talks about uh, the haunted houses and how dumb white people are that mm-hmm. they'll stay and if a black family hears you know we're gonna you know, tip out immediately mm-hmm. uh but that you know it's like a throwaway line here and there but to actually kind of focus on on the paranormal are you finding that's pretty good uh, bridge people uh get a kick out of that especially i, I gotta guess now with the culture of Alien shows, Bigfoot shows, ghost shows on every network. It's it's more prevalent now than it's probably ever been. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think comedy is the best way to Trojan horse anything into uh, into somebody's mind too, as well as far as like if you want somebody to think about something. But I mean, that's not my intent uh, necessarily to uh, to do stand up comedy to try to spread ideas around. I mean, I've always just wanted to make people laugh and. And you're supposed to write about what you know. And, and I'm so fascinated with, with everything paranormal that it just kind of, my act has just kind of turned into that um, without even really trying to. But I do find that more and more people are open to it for sure nowadays. I mean, every once in a while, like this, like this weekend, I'll be at, I'm at a club here in Chicago, and the, uh, it's kind of a tourist 
uh, destination kind of comedy club. Uh, so it's always a really interesting challenge when I'm at a place like this to see like how far will these people go with me trying to convince them that we're all robots, you know, or that Bigfoot <laughs> is real or, <laughs> you know, that we should talk to our water and we should all have crystals in our pockets. So, I mean, it will be an interesting challenge in places like that, but I do find because of the, the widespread paranormal like frenzy that's kind of happening, which I think is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't look at it like, you know, how some people are really precious about their, their favorite rock band that breaks big. Like, Oh, I knew them before anybody else did. Like, as far as I'm concerned, I think like the, the, the bigger, the better when it comes to people being interested in the paranormal. Cause then we can drop the para from it. And now it's just normal. Uh, which is what of a lot of us believers, if we want to call ourselves that, out in the world kind of like already think it is. Uh, just normal stuff that happens to almost everybody. Because it is funny, too. Like if you, especially the haunted house thing, like most comedians, if they do have jokes about paranormal or ghosts or something, it's usually kind of taking a dig at someone who's a believer or kind of making fun of somebody who's a believer. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of coming from the, the position of the believer and telling jokes because, I mean, you know better than anybody that, uh, you know, paranormal people have to have a really good sense of humor about what they believe in because <laughs> so many people think we're kooks that if we didn't have a sense of humor about all this stuff, we'd, we'd go crazy. And I'm sitting in a studio with three people that do think we're kooks for our interest in the paranormal. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you, you love the over-the-top like... aspect of these shows, though? I mean, you know, I, I watch Finding Bigfoot simply for the entertainment. I have no false assumptions that they're ever going to find Bigfoot. Because if I could just tell you, out of everybody on the planet looking for Bigfoot, that group just seems like the least likely to even <laughs> accidentally stumble upon Bigfoot's lair. Uh, yeah. I, I don't yeah, know. No, that wasn't a Bigfoot. That was your uh, potato chip bag crumpling. Uh, That's right. There is like, there was, uh, I, I've been looking for Bigfoot, not very much. I've only, like, recently I went out and kind of did a, a night sit, like, or whatever they want, like squatching. Right. And it's terrifying. It is terrifying, and it is. I've I've been told by somebody who used to work for like the BFRO and like mm -hmm. do expedition leads. And that's that the Bigfoot Research Organization. For those of you not in the nerd <laughs> yeah, loop yeah. with us, yeah, I guess I, I, I wouldn't have known <laughs> what that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I should have. I guess I, should, I I almost forget sometimes. Uh, but like he's like, if you're close enough to see a Bigfoot, you don't want to see a Bigfoot. Uh, and and that resonated with me because I mean it's basically like jumping into the the you know, the great ape cage, you know, or being around, you know, like gorillas. It's like, that's not something I'm interested in. Um, I, that's know, why I always imagine when I, I don't know silent. when I have friends that want to go out squatching, I, I just always kind of imagine that scene from Star Wars when Han Solo starts running down the hall with the gun and then realizes he's up against like 20 stormtroopers and then you see him turn tail running back. Because what are you going to do if you truly encounter a 9 to 12 foot tall bipedal hairy hominid in its natural surroundings what is the goal and every one of these guys i talk to there doesn't seem to be an end goal because if you do really come upon them none of them really want to shoot them or kill them but what's the plan do you just like break out a bag of reese's pieces and start offering them? <laughs> what do you do if you actually run into one of these things yeah that's the that's that's the part that nobody talks about it's like okay, we okay. There's Bigfoot. Now what? Well, <laughs> now you you know you change your pants, right? Uh, because you're not going to be able to run in what you got going on down there. Like the, I don't want to see. I, I mean, I am interested in finding evidence, especially not to mention like how big and strong these things you know probably are. But you know, if they have in fact avoided detection for all these years for the most part, like, you know, they have to be smarter than the average, like, you know, they're even smarter than gorillas. So now you're up against something in its natural habitat who might be pretty, like almost close to being as smart as you are, you know, and of, of course that's a spectrum. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> right. it doesn't take much for a gorilla to be as smart as me, but like, <laughs> yeah, what do you do? Cause these commercials where they're offering beef jerky and the taunting mm -hmm. like Sasquatch, I, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say that like these commercials are bad. For like training people like oh man that'd be so awesome to go out there and like throw something at a sasquatch 
it's just like, oh, baby, like, let's not get into uh, any situation where we're close enough to have a Bigfoot touch me. Like, that is, oh, oh, I mean, I'm not interested in that at all. Like, I don't know why I went swatching. <laughs> well, now now you, that we're talking this out, I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> but you hear these stories of people who have died recently, eaten by bears and whatnot, who are trying to take selfies with a bear. And it's like, okay, uh, what don't you get about let's not... One, put yourself in that place, or two, stand there and and, and take a photo. <laughs> the people at the yeah, Stanley right. Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, the area gets inundated by these giant elk. And when I say giant elk, JB, I mean it's like something out of a cartoon. You've never seen creatures yeah. this big. And uh, we're there one night, and all of a sudden I get a call from my buddy. And I, I flip open my phone. I go, w where are you? And he goes, I need help. And I go, what's did you fall down? Or he goes, I'm outside. I'm stuck. I go, what do you mean you're stuck? He goes, look out the back door. He's standing on the way back up to the condo area. Mm -hmm. He's standing in the yard between a bull elk and a whole bunch of female elk. Uh -oh. Yeah, that's not he, good. He's oh, like, no. this bull elk come up out of nowhere while he's standing there. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And I go, well, don't move. <laughs> so then I'm, I'm alerting staff at the hotel. But the next day, there are morons out there going to approach the bull elk for photographs. Mm -hmm. Staff is going, oh, get no. away. <laughs> People have no concept. They're like, oh, look how beautiful yeah, they are. Well, it's, it's the whole mentality. It's another puppy. They have yeah, exactly. Puppy. They've they only ever met dogs and cats, right. yeah. so they think, oh. They an have animal. a statue, like a giant cast iron <laughs> statue out front of an elk that they have to cover during rut season. Because oh, the male yeah. elk, elk will attack the damn statue. Because it's like, get so we're out of my hair. Yeah, so people are just dumb. I've watched people go out there, and there's elk sitting all around, and they'll go out there, and they'll start squatting and kneeling with them. And they'll get right in between the bull elk and the and the baby mm -hmm. elk or the, the women elk, and it's just like... They don't have a healthy respect for wildlife. No. No. Yeah, and my favorite part of that story... Dave was when you said I flipped open my phone. <laughs> yes. I'm just telling you that's how long ago that was. I, I had my flip phone in my pocket and was ready for it. He didn't even yeah. slide his no, phone like, open. He flipped it. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, but you know, you know those. Um, I can't remember. I was just talking to like I was having breakfast with my buddy today and I couldn't remember the name of these things. It's like that berry or something that is like it zombifies insects. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Have you ever seen that? Um, well, I feel like people, sometimes people like the robots are going to take over. I'm like, the robots already are taking over. Right. Like, you've got all these people who are just, they're led around by their phones out in front of their mm -hmm. face. They're like zombies to the phone. And they feed on clicks and views and, and getting content. And, and so now, like, their brain is taken over. So they don't think about, like, oh, this is a giant elk that's bigger than, like, a Ford Escalade. Um, I probably shouldn't get in the way of it and what it wants to have sex with, um, you know, and it's like, I mean, think about what humans do to each other when that happens, let yeah. alone stuff that's like, you know, two tons. And so we're like these zombies to these like phones just searching for like, you know, sustenance. And it's, so it makes sense to me. You hear about these people who like fall off cliffs or rocks. Yeah. Right? From doing the same thing. Ryan, the, we have to take a break. Uh, stay tuned. Ryan Singer, our guest, as we continue here on the Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom with an update on my successful weight loss journey. I'm down 92.5 pounds, and I have the Sheehy Brothers and staff at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth to thank. The Nutramost program is amazing. I lost over 40 pounds during each of my first two 40-day rounds. This is a program, literally, it's a program that anyone can do, and you'll have great success just like me because it is customized for each individual person, and the staff at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth will be there for you every step of the way. Nutramost just wants everybody to live their healthiest life, so they're offering an early bird Black Friday sale for a very limited time. You, your family, and friends can receive 25 to 35% off the cost of a Nutramost program, and Nutramost will guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramost helped me change my life, and they can help you too. Health savings accounts are welcome, by the way. To schedule an appointment, call 763-333-7337, 763-333-7337. 
a program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. We're back. This is the Tom Bernard Show. I'm your host, Dave Schrader. Ryan Singer, our guest. You know, and more proof that people are just ridiculous and and the world needs to be cold of them. The evidence was scary. Bloodied pieces of clothing inside the Nile crocodile enclosure at St. Augustine's Alligator Farm Zoological Park, as well as a rubber croc shoe were seen floating in the water. But no victim was found among the scaly enclosure's inhabitants. Then police found a man in the neighborhood across the road from the 125-year-old farm, clad only in boxer shorts, with a bite mark on his leg. He claimed he'd been bitten by a wild alligator, according to Officer Celia Appel, the St. Augustine Police Department spokeswoman. The first call to police came at 6.50 a.m. Tuesday when a neighbor saying a suspicious person was crawling in a backyard clad only in underwear. Then came a call from the St. Augustine Alligator Farm reporting some serious vandalism. He climbed up an exhibit about 20 feet high, took a jump into a pond infested with crocodiles. When they made contact with him, he claimed he had been bitten by an alligator. And when the vandalism call came in, we put two and two together because that's crack police work right there. Alligator farm officials said a man got into the facility at 7.45 p.m. on Monday damaging part of its snack bar, then went into the recently opened Oasis on the Nile exhibit. They confirmed he climbed atop a structure displaying Egyptian artwork and jumped into the pool with the crocodiles. All of this activity was recorded on the Alligator Farm's system of security cameras, the statement said. At one point, one of the crocodiles attacked the individual, causing wounds to his leg. He later climbed a platform used... As part of the Alligator Farm's zipline feature, where there was evidence of considerable bleeding, Alligator Farm director John Bruggen said he and his staff are extremely concerned about visitor safety and security, but protection against lunacy and erratic behavior of nighttime trespassers is nearly impossible. The man, unidentified so far, is recovering at Flagler Hospital. Police said he will face charges in connection with the vandalism which caused about $5,000 in damage. I don't think I've ever been high or drunk enough to think it would be a good idea to jump into an alligator pit. No. Ryan, what is going on with the uh, world around like, us? Like, you said it was crack police work. It might have also been crack. crack. Yeah. yeah. You know, like vandal vandal work. Like, what... I. The guy clearly, I mean, to me, like, it, you know, not to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but if you put all these pieces together, you know, there's Egyptian hieroglyphs, you know, he jumps off. The, I, maybe the guy thought he was a god or something. Like, why would you jump into a pit of, I don't think even the dumbest person alive would say, you know what, it sounds like a good time today. Like, maybe, maybe the Crocs he was wearing made him think that he was one with the Crocs. <laughs> he was one with them. <laughs> that's not part of the. I think that's the, not part of the footwear slogan. <laughs> I think the first clue was he broke in a place that had food, so it's probably high. What is that? What happens? That's what you read. Yeah, yeah. So he was. No, I know high. that, but I'm saying when you're high, you, you immediately well, go you to get food. The munch, you know. Do you? Right. Okay. And then you. And then he probably was, like, going around looking, and he's like, oh, I'm going to jump into the 
crocodile. <laughs> well, he thought it was an alligator pit, but yeah, and mess around in there. Yeah. See the extent of my getting he high shenanigans. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no! I was gonna say he probably thinks like you know what like hey man like I'm high I'm hungry you know what they probably don't keep the alligators out at night you know like Oof. they're probably this is probably or they're probably not even real uh I'll, you know he gets into that like man everything's not real man like maybe <laughs> the alligators aren't even real it's all just to make money man that's what it all is I'm gonna go swimming and then like I I mean I guess this was. <sighs> Uh, you know, late at night because he was found in the morning in his boxers. <laughs> Bleeding right? from the thigh to be bitten by a crocodile. That's a quick lesson to learn. I don't yeah, know. the telling thing here is, too, he was found alone because yeah. nobody's mm-hmm. hanging out with that guy. No. <laughs> Who's hanging out with that guy? Like, you think that's a good idea. Nobody's hanging of out with that guy. Of course he was found alone. Yeah, I guarantee there's no wedding ring on his hand. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no friend. There's no friends in his uh, cell phone, if he even had one at the time. But, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, sometimes you just think, like, you know what? Like you said, the world might be better off yeah, right? without this yeah. guy kind of hanging around. See, I'm a passive uh, stoner when I was growing up. But, you know, I just I didn't want to have to put that much work into snack time. Uh, you know, our, our art of shenanigans was watching Purple Rain completely baked out of our minds and having the guy's wife come home and say, who ate all the baby food? <laughs> we had left baby food jars everywhere because they'd run out of regular food. Uh, so that was like the worst of my crime while high uh, that I'm willing to talk about on on air. But um, yeah, to jump into a, a, a gator tank, that's a whole fresh brand new lead of dumb. Well, it's like those people that get up against the polar bear cages mm-hmm. to take a picture. The polar bear reaches out yeah. and grabs them. At what point do you not think this might be the dumbest idea I've ever had? I don't get it. I mean, it. polar bears are, if I'm not mistaken, polar bears are the most lethal hunter uh, in the animal kingdom because they're just as lethal on, on land as they are in water. And to not have respect for like a beast like that just because you have a thumb, I mean, <laughs> it's like, you know, like, I don't know where the disconnect, I think part of it might just be, too, because we're kind of, like, raised ever since we're kids to be like, we are in dominion over this earth. Mm. Human beings are the greatest, you know, like, so we just kind of think, like, yeah, stupid polar bear. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll get a photo with this dumb, dumb animal. You're not so and smart. Then, You're you know, in a cage. Yeah, Exactly. Oh God! Hey, a Toronto I, police I officer, Toronto police officer ate a marijuana-laced chocolate bar seized in a pot shop raid. Has pled guilty to attempting to obstruct justice. Constable Vittorio Dominelli says he is remorseful and ashamed of his actions on the evening of January twenty-seventh. <laughs> Justice Mary Meisner says Dominelli is a complete Wait, idiot. What? Wait, what are these names? Is this, is this, is this the last Olympics? Yes. Wait, wait, what was the constable's name? Constable Vittorio Dominelli. And then Justice Mary Meisner says, Dominelli is a complete idiot for tampering with evidence. Crown attorney Philip Permuter also uh, read out agreed statement of facts in court. says, Dominelli took three hazelnut chocolate bars infused with cannabis oil from the raid. Permuter <laughs> My mouth just doesn't want to say the word. Perlmuter says Dominelli and another officer later ate one chocolate bar and became intoxicated in 20 minutes and eventually radioed for help. <laughs> Man, that they radioed to, for help. That had to be some strong stuff. Constable Jamie Young and Dominelli allegedly assisted in the execution of a search warrant at a community cannabis clinic, a marijuana dispensary in the city's West End in the early evening of January 27th. The charges alleged that Young later failed to account for a chocolate hazelnut bar infused with cannabis oil. <laughs> seized during the search. At around 11 p.m. on the night of the raid, both Young and Dominelli were assigned to surveillance duty near Angleton Avenue West and Allen Road, where they allegedly ate the chocolate while on patrol. (laughs) Two hours later, Dominelli made a call for assistance over police radio, claiming that he felt like he was going to pass out after running on Oakwood Avenue. (laughs) Dominelli used the 1033 police code, normally reserved to indicate an officer is in serious trouble. (laughs) 
<laughs> Responding officers said Young and Dominelli appeared to be in distress when they were found. They were both taken to a hospital. One of the responding officers slipped on ice during the call for help and also had to be transported to the hospital. Young and Dominelli also faced six and four misconduct charges, respectively, under the Police Services Act. Oh, jeez. How dumb are you to think? Officer ah. in distress. <laughs> Officer in distress. Yeah, like I love it. It's like those calls when uh, they the guy and his wife ate the edibles, and they were afraid they weren't oh, breathing yeah. anymore, and they called the police. They're like, we're not breathing. <laughs> the cops are like, relax, you're breathing. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not breathing. We need help. Help us. We can't breathe. How, how do you make a phone call and talk to the cops? you got to breathe. Oh, I just, you know, I was out in California, Ryan, uh, about a year ago, two years ago. And my friends are uh, we're standing in line at the Mummy Ride at Universal Studios, and out comes this tinfoil wrapper, and it's cookies. And she goes, "You want some cookie?" And I'm like, "Sure." And I reach over and I grab a whole cookie. And she's like, "Whoa!" And I go, "What?" And this cookie is like the size of an Oreo. And she goes, "Well, you have to break it up. You just take a little piece. That's cannabis cookie. That'll put you down." And I looked at her and I go, "Well, what do you mean it'll put me down?" She goes, "Well, that's." You know, that's an edible. That'll really knock you out. And I said, well, if it's so potent, why don't they just make quarter cookies? And she goes, well, that's stupid. I'm like, no, no. because a guy like me would have eaten that cookie and been in a really bad place for a long time, not realizing yeah, that I yeah. just overdosed. Plus, how do I know that in the batch that got whipped up, that the one corner of the cookie I bite is the one that got more of the cannabinoid oil? Yeah. I, yeah, that's when I end up. That's the thing up... with, like, the edibles with, with cookies. It's right. like, let's take... Let's take food items that people have a hard time controlling their yeah, right. consumption. Of. <laughs> right. Uh, and let's put something inside of them that they have to, like, over-prepare not to eat too much of. But let's put it in the most delicious thing in the world that they want to <laughs> eat all of them. Not just one cookie. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I can't, I can't go less than a sleeve deep right, when it comes <laughs> right. to cookies. Like, I'm a I'm a sleep deep minimum. I, I mean, maybe it's because I have problems with limits in my life. But like, you know, I'm a sleep deep. Let alone like a quarter of a cookie. Like, what? Is, I feel like it's almost an insult. Like to to expect us to eat. No, only eat the tiny. Only eat one fourth of this Jolly Rancher. Hey, where did you grow up? Where I grew up, you did a mouthpiece of Jolly Rancher. Right. right? That's right. You know right. what I mean? You had four on the bottom, three on the top, mm -hmm. to mix the flavors so you could kind of get like a the suicide soda, but in your mouth with Jolly Ranchers. You expect me to go one fourth of a Jolly Rancher? Like, come on. I mean, we have to make these things like edibles should be like spinach or string beans <laughs> or, you know, or quiche. You like quiche? What? Quiche is just like eggs and some garbage like thrown together. Like, what is. I. My mom used to make quiche all the time. I don't know why I'm getting so upset about this. But like, you are wound my mom up. Would make, she's like, we, we, I drank a lot of coffee this morning. Anyway, she's like, you got to get some quiche. You got to get And I'm like, Mom, you just threw everything that was in the fridge that you didn't know what to do with. You mm -hmm. throw it into some garbage pie crust with some eggs. Call Put the edible quiche. stuff in there because I'm only going to eat a bite of that. that right. garbage. You know what I mean? Like, let's, you know, keep away from the cookies and the ice cream and the and edible the fruitcake. Uh, that's what it has to be. Uh, edible fruitcake. Yes. <laughs> See, that's perfect. Uh -huh. That's perfect. Edible fruitcake. Oh. You could give it to people for Christmas and then know that you're going to get re-gifted it. You can re-gift yourself drugs by buying people edible fruitcake. <laughs> no one's going to – everyone – Oh, my white elephant gift is going to be an edible fruitcake. I know I'm going to get it back. <laughs> my, my friend Erin was just telling us at a, at a conference, she goes uh, – <laughs> She comes home and her cleaning lady's just all strung out. And she goes, Miss Erin, you know the chocolate you have in your bedroom? She's like, yes. Guadalupe, what about that? I might have eaten a few and I don't feel too good. So, yeah, you kind of, they should have warning labels on them, not just like in a green ribbon. Right. Uh, but I'm with you, Ryan. If it, when it comes to cookies, I feel like if I don't eat a whole sleeve, there's starving children in China. I'm doing a serious disservice to. I, uh, I'm yeah, going what through, are we doing? What I'm, are we I'm, doing here? I'm going We're through bad eating. shame eating right now because <laughs> McDonald's has finally come back with the McRib in Minnesota. Uh oh. 
And then my wife bought double stuff Oreo cookies. <laughs> she comes up, oh, she wow. goes, where are all the cookies? And I'm like, I don't know, it's the kids. And she goes, your hands are still wet with with uh, with milk juice on them. What are you talking about? I'm like, honey, I can't help it. I'm just, I got McRib juice on my shirt. I've got Oreo cookie dust on my lip. I'm in a bad place. And I'm not even high, Ryan. That's the problem. I have no excuse for it. I, yeah. I was, I was one of the first people in the country to make a McRib. You were? Yes. I demand proof. <laughs> I worked, and it, and it no longer exists, but there used to be a McDonald's that sat in the Mississippi River downtown St. Louis. Okay. And we were one of the first test stores for the McRib. Oh, they're delicious. <laughs> you can tell me all day long that it's the same chemicals that are in rubber yoga mats. I don't care. Slather them up, it's throw not, a pickle on it, and shut up and hand it, it to me now. It's processed pork oh, chunks. That's all right. That's pressed, that's pressed together. Mm. I feel okay oh. about that because then the pig did not die in vain. <laughs> and, and I've taken Ryan Singer's advice. I thank my food. <laughs> I talk to it and I tell it how much I love it and I want it to know that it's, it's it did not die in vain. And the greatest thing about the McRib, yeah. when it's pressed, uh-huh. it's pressed to make it look like there's bones in it. Yes. <laughs> it got, it's got to feel like it's real food or it just can't go down. We've got to take a break. Ryan Singer, our guest, here on the Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. (laughs) Really? Really? We're going with a little eat it? Yeah. All right, (laughs) Ryan Singer, our guest. Police charged a McDonald's employee in Bluffton, South Carolina, Friday after she assaulted her manager with a fistful of bacon. (laughs) The Island Packet reported that according to a Beaufort County Sheriff's Office report, the assault happened after 1.30 p.m. when a manager asked a cook to stop eating the bacon while working in the kitchen. When the cook kept eating the bacon, the manager told her supervisor about the issue, and then the bacon melee opened up at McDonald's. Yeah, you don't want to get between a man or a, a chef and their bacon. That's right. that's problems. Oh, my God. That is assault with a deadly weapon, considering how bad bacon can be for you when eating in large, large content. Idaho the, police, uh, uh, real quick, Idaho police capture a loose turkey that's been terrorizing a neighborhood. Police in Idaho say they rounded up a loose turkey that was terrorizing a neighborhood, and they were searching for its owner. The Shoshone uh, Police Department said in a Facebook post that a loose turkey spotted on North 1st Street was terrorizing the neighborhood. Once again, another animal has escaped from the Shoshone Petting Zoo. But in all seriousness, if you're missing a turkey and live near the 500 block of North 1st Street, please come get it. The second Facebook post about an hour later said police had successfully captured the troublesome bird. Police said the turkey is being kept at a petting zoo until the owner can be found. The department encouraged anyone missing a turkey... 
call them and follow some specific instructions. You must say gobble gobble when they answer the phone, or you can message us directly on our Facebook page, in which case you'll have to do an embarrassing dance to get your bird back, the police said. I don't, you know, it sounds all fun and games, Ryan Singer, but when my wife and I got our new house, we're moving things in last year, I realized just how close the birds are to velociraptors <laughs> because I came home to find wild turkeys in my yard that are taller than our smallest son and they're monstrous and they're just out. It was a herd. It was literally like a scene from Jurassic Park in our backyard and they're mean and yes, they will they chase are. you. I had one peck my uh, bumper once. Because <laughs> he was he was protecting the, he called it called himself protecting the flock. I was coming out of my underground parking in my uh, condo unit, and you know the door opens and there is this flock of turkeys. You know, turkeys coming by. I was like, okay, well I'm stuck, or I could run them over. Right. So I was like, all right. Now they're taking their sweet time, and I was like, I gotta go. So I moved forward. Just to see if I can spook them and make them like. Right. The one that was protecting started slowly walking to my car. <laughs> the, mob, yeah. the mob enforcer turkey? <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to back down from this. <laughs> I like that you stood your ground, JB. <laughs> so I started. I'm no chicken. I'll show this turkey I'm no chicken. I started rolling slowly <laughs> right. forward, thinking that it. It will turn and go. <laughs> no, it got came faster and faster and yeah. then stopped and then all I heard was <laughs> on my bumper. So at that point, I did retreat back. Did you backwards? And it moved forward. And I was <laughs> like, "Are you shooting me? <laughs> like, what are you looking at? Do you see my family's out here for a walk?" Do we come into your house and start batting you around? So they finally had cleared, so it was just me and him, and he was off to the side. So, just I, so I moved over enough where I could get past him, right. and I got around him, and he comes running at and I look back, and he's running at the mic. So is it like that scene in Jurassic Park when the T-Rex is chasing him? <laughs> It's like, what in the world is... Oh, I would have loved to have been in your car. (laughs) I had no idea the turkeys were still... Don't move, JB. They can't see you if you don't move. Well, you know, here I am a city kid through and through, and my first thought is, if I move, this thing's going to take off and run. I know they don't fly, per se. What kind of car were you driving? My Toyota Venza. Uh, right. Well, that explains it then. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, it's a Toyota. No, you hit a, me, you're going to do more damage to your car. Oh, no, no. This is a big No, Toyota. is it? Oh, yeah. And so it's like, <laughs> and it's like, this thing is moving towards me. Turkeys are really mean. I've had some encounters with turkeys. Well, they're just they're too stupid to know when something shouldn't be messed with. Well, it's funny because like at my that's old what they job, think about you. <laughs> <laughs> no, at my old job, we would have we had a lot of windows up front, like full, you know, mm-hmm. in the door. And one time, I was about to leave for work, and I I paused because there was this huge tom turkey, and he was attacking the glass because he saw his own reflection, right. thinking it was another tom turkey. So he was like, kind of fighting, dancing with himself. It was, and this was before like good cell phone cameras and stuff. Otherwise, I would have busted out my fo- my <laughs> phone because it was hilarious. But yeah, and then I had one almost attack me from a bush. It came out of nowhere. <laughs> When I was leaving, all of a sudden I hear the bush starting to rustle. I'm thinking, you know, like a mountain lion is going to pop out, and it's this stupid turkey. Wait, wait, where, you, where were you living at the time? This is right here in Mendota Heights. In Mendota Heights, you were worried about a mountain lion yeah. in your bush? Well, we have them. In or your a coyote. Bushes? Okay. I don't know. It was, I'm never going outside big. again. I had no clue there's mountain lions in Mendota Heights. It was a big bush, They're, and it was just I've shaking heard, I've heard that. Are we talking 70s big bush? <laughs> We're like 1968. Okay. I've heard coyotes are getting closer and closer to the main metro area. Oh, they've been if you're here. not a roadrunner, you don't have to worry about it, JB. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just imagine like with this increasing the increasing of turkey hostility towards you. <laughs> like it makes you wonder. 
it makes you wonder if like what's causing this like hostility is it like are the turkeys have they finally had enough of getting stuff are they like is like the the turkey rebellion upon us i used to think about because we've got the wildfires where i live in california right mm-hmm. now so all the coyotes are like descending from the hills and there was like a pack of coyotes like in the alley behind my apartment which is just kind of like concrete everywhere so it's like they're just like they have nowhere to go, and it was like 3.30 in the morning, and they all start howling. And I don't know if you've ever heard a bunch of coyotes, like, get into a howl party, but mm-hmm. it is, like, terrifying. You think, like, you've descended into hell or something. And, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, laying in bed, like, oh, maybe the coyotes have become sentient. To <laughs> and so with it. Just out of you curiosity, know, how like many edibles were you on at that point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Let's just say I was frozen. Uh, <laughs> but, like... I, I will say, though, like, it makes me wonder if, like, the turkeys eventually, I mean, because that's nature, right? Like, evolution, like, eventually, like, everything adapts. Right. So, like, turkeys either, like, adapt to just becoming, like, okay, we're your food, okay, and then they just give <laughs> up, or they just, or they, like, you know what? No, we're not your food. We're going to come after your Toyotas, and we'll build up the strength to come after your your luxury cars at some other point. It- but, like, right now, they're just sticking to, like, sedans. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. No, like, <laughs> just like a couple years ago, we had like this influx of turkeys, and they were like kind of semi flying, and we had a couple that were like flying off the bridge and going into windshields on our uh, local freeway system. No, on that was just Herb Tarlick and uh, Les Nessman in the WKRP. <laughs> so like they had this like rebellion of turkeys that were going through people's windshields, and one of the news reporters was doing a story on it, and. Uh, he had to do that. It was a big Jenny. Oh no, here in Minnesota, and it was just oh my god. Yeah, I turkeys. Never forget the closing line to that that show in K- WKRP. <laughs> as God is my witness, I thought, I thought turkeys, turkeys could fly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, this... Maybe it's because I binge-watched uh, like 60 episodes of the TV show Vikings recently, um, <laughs> but it does sound like the turkeys are like forming raiding parties. <laughs> like, uh, if they... They just kind of showed up out of nowhere. They start like just raiding like highly popularized or, or populated areas. Well, are they, I wonder like what are they making off with here? Are, well, is there loot? part, part of the problem? Gold. Part of the problem with these flocks or whatever they call them herds. They are, old man JB. These flocks <laughs> or whatever the kids are calling them. <laughs> they <laughs> they the buffet of turkeys has invaded. I live in a, a cluster of condos. There's like five different units, and there's probably a, a person of two in each unit right. that feeds them. So they come for oh sure food, and, but then they're always in the way. Well, you know what's funny is that uh, we're kind of rounding it back to Bigfoot. A lot of these stories where there have been aggressive Bigfoot, it's because humans have been out leaving food for them, and then they stop. And that's when the Bigfoot starts pounding on the sides of the houses and starts terrorizing the neighborhood. So we've obviously learned an important lesson, Ryan. Don't feed animals. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. Leave them yeah, to their own like, devices. It's like, taking, it's like we're taking apples and fruit out into the woods and like telling Bigfoot, like, hey, your first one's free. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then like, get them hooked. You know what I mean? And now they're like, we need our apples, man. You know? Uh, I think yeah, we should leave some edible cookies out for the uh, turkeys, for the turkeys, and for the bigfoot, <laughs> that, just to see what happens. Be, you know, you you would hear the old wise tale about turkeys would drown in the rain because they would mm-hmm. they would op- just stand there and open their mouths. <laughs> <laughs> they would literally yeah, drown. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that. You know, I've always wondered if that. It must not be true because they seem to survive rainstorms and whatnot. That's what so. the government wants you to believe, that it's not true. But it's true. <laughs> well, in Minnesota, I think it was last year. Do you remember, Andy? There was all those birds that were getting uh, drunk on berries. <laughs> and they were, like, flying oh, into yeah. buildings and houses here in Minnesota, <laughs> like, a year ago. Berries. Yep, yeah, they, they were fought. ferment on the ground. That's actually... Um, I read a story once. Uh, that's how the ancestor of the horse went extinct. Is because they were really short, they were small, so the only fruit they could eat was stuff that was on the ground already, which tended to ferment. So they would eat the fruit, get drunk, and then predators would just walk up and eat them. 
Not a very smart animal. Exactly. <laughs> this happy the moment is brought to you like, by Andy Bernard. The horse is just like, hey, what's going on, buddy? Oh. oh. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> now I'm see- picturing yeah, Orson Welles as a bird. Uh, like he's jumping into the, these, these drunk uh, these drunk old horses are just jumping into crocodiles. <laughs> See, I don't want to live in any like my mom growing up. She grew up in Marinette, Wisconsin, and one day she's in her house and it's winter out. And she and her mom are doing, and they look out through the kitchen window and they can see these kids running up and sliding down the hill. So my mom hurries up, puts on her outfit, grabs her little toboggan, and starts hauling ass to the hill. She gets about three quarters of the way to the hill and realizes it's a family of bears. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. <It's> like, <laughs> nope. See, that's a, that doesn't happen in Apple Valley, Minnesota. I don't run into fa- families no. of bears roaming about. A bunch of jackass deers, <laughs> yeah. suicidal deer population. Yeah, they're. It's like they want to die. <laughs> Can an animal What's be suicidal? What's animals in this part of the country? What was that? Like, what's going on with animals over here in this part of the country? You've got suicidal deers, you've got rogue turkeys, and the idea that, I mean, it wasn't until you guys described, like, the events that I was like, because I'm sitting here listening, like, terrorizing a neighborhood? Like, how could a, a turkey terrorize a neighborhood? You don't think then, they could until uh, you see one. <laughs> they look like yeah, velociraptors. No. Now it makes sense, and now I, I do think that maybe there is some credence to the theory that the animals are waking up, and maybe they're uh, you know maybe they're all kind of like coming together. I mean I don't know I don't know where you stand in the animal kingdom and like your kindness to the animals, but I hope that if like animals ever do become sentient and like especially spiders, I hope I got a good lawyer. <laughs> I have. You got a murder rap sheet. I have sheet. unnecessarily killed. Yeah, I've got. I am like. Oh, I'm worse than Dahmer in the spider community. Uh, so I, I hope I've got a good lawyer when these animals like really wake up. Uh, you know, I, it it sounds like a pattern is happening. Well, you have you have the ducks and the geese that crap all over. You know, I run on trails. Yeah, but you kind of you're asking for it. You know, paved tra- trails, and they how dare crap. they poop on the paved trails? <laughs> You know, there's grass right next to it. They're pooping the grass. And the, duck, and the ducks are thinking, look at these jackasses putting a trail right in the middle of my pooping area. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? I was driving one night, and I had a deer run up out of the ditch, and he ducked at the last second, and so he, like, hip-checks my car and rocks my car, and I hit the brakes, and he stops, and he turns around and looks at me like, What's your problem? <laughs> and then he shakes his head and walks away. He shook his head at me. The animals have had enough of our shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Ryan Singer, it's uh, great to have you drop by today. Tell people again where they can find more information about you. Uh, you can go to ryansingercomedy.com, and you can find pretty much everything tour dates, uh, plus my free album download, uh, and the links to my social media, like Instagram and Twitter and all that good stuff. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. It was a fun time. It was great. And in Chicago, for our listeners, where are you performing this weekend so they can find you? I'm at the Comedy Bar, which is on top of Gino's East, which is, a, I guess, a, a, a kind of a famous deep-dish pizza joint. So are on the top floor of a, a famous pizza joint. Uh, telling some jokes about Bigfoot. So come on out if you're in the Chicago area. Thank you, Ryan Singer. Thank you to Tom Bernard for letting me sit in. He'll be back with you on Monday. Check out my show this weekend, Beyond the Darkness at darknessradio.com. For Tom Bernard, I'm Dave Schrader. (laughs) 